0: Good morning, April 28th, 2010. Kill Alexander, your betting it's dork, and it is Wednesday. I'm pumped because Wednesdays, as I have promised, means but one thing: Sabermetrics Wednesday. And I am pleased to bring to the show for the first time, and hopefully the first of many from the pregame forums, Mr. Sabermetric himself. If you think I'm the dork, he is the lab rat on Sabermetrics base winner. What's
1: happening? Well, Gil, I'm, I'm excited to be on your show. I, I'm, I'm so impressed with, with everything that you brought to pregame. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just honored to be here and, and be talking sabermetrics and, and how it applies to gambling.
0: Well, that is exactly why I wanted to have you on because hopefully uh, folks have noticed that on a daily basis... You know, I put out my thread and all the, a lot of cappers. I know Mike Hook has a daily thread and, and Dan has a, his obviously his huge blog. And everyone does their own thing from Goodfella, you know, to SAC. Everybody's got their thing. But will you do something every day that could possibly go unnoticed and it won't after today.
1: Well, it's the base winner line and it's it's, it's basically how when we take these, these saber metrics that we're going to be talking about here in the ensuing weeks. And we, we we apply this to the to what the true line should be. And and on your first show when RJ was grilling you, uh he was tucking me, Well you know, how about these saber metrics? How does it apply to the Vegas line? And this the base winner line is exactly what he's talking about. How how these saber metrics, these metrics that are advanced, you can use to set a line for yourself and then you can move off that line in any way you want. And once you have that that baseline or the base winner line, as I call it, you can see how that line applies to, you know, the, the various lines at the sports books you use or the line movement of the day. So it's a, it's a very powerful tool. I, I put, put it on in a clean, you know, presentation. It's just, it's just one number for seven games. And but what you can do with it and how that number's been developed, uh, it, it's, it's truly a powerful number.
0: Well, and that's what, I think that's the key to what folks need to know. Now, the challenge for you and me uh, is to sort of, you know, present this in a way that doesn't make it too geeky that folks fall asleep within a matter of seconds. What I would like to say about your line is that what, what folks should know is is that it's been years in development in terms of your proprietary formula that comes up with your base winner line, correct?
1: Absolutely.
0: And you, what, what the base winner line simply is is after you go through your Saber metrics and your proprietary formula, you come up with your base winner line, then what you're basically doing is juxtaposing your line against the line from Vegas in an effort to find value for our betting dollar.
1: Well, that was eloquently put, Gil. You know, you have a way with words, and, and uh, that's exactly what the line does. It, it, you can compare it to the to the Vegas line, and then you can use it as a tool to to find value. And that's what we're all looking for here, you know. On a daily basis. Well, thank
0: I thank you for that. First of all, base I appreciate that. That and so what what we don't want to do is we're certainly not going to think that people are going to take your formula and do a whole bunch of math every day because it's it's involved. But I think what we want to touch upon today is is we want to talk about first of all the three saber metrics that are involved in your formula, and specifically today we'll dive into one of those three components. So. In broad terms, what you do to create your formula, if I'm to understand it then, is basically break down the three major components of baseball, yes?
1: Absolutely. And, and, and those three components, I mean, to on a simple standpoint, if you think about baseball, what do you got? You've got your pitchers, you've got your batters, you've got your fielders. Makes and sense. And with, with Saber metrics, it, the, the fielding independent uh, ERA that I think is a key number that you can use to evaluate pitching so you do it for what do you got in, in baseball, you got your starter you have got your reliever and then you, you add your, your fielding in and there's, a, there's another Saber metric called the ultimate zone rating or UZR and this is, a, this is another tool that really precisely gives you a good number on, on how, how the team's fielding saves them runs or or ads runs, if they're really bad, or if they're a real good fielding team, like the Tampa Bay Rays, they'll actually save, save the team defense runs. And then we look at the offense, which is the BSR, the, the number that I've been posting, you know, on, on a couple times. And that's the runs that, that, and it's, it's somewhat of a complex formula. I don't want to get into the formula because there are various numbers involved in this. But it's basically a, a more of a precise way to, to indicate how many runs this team should have scored as opposed to just looking at the runs it actually breaks down different components and says well they've they've scored this many runs on the on a, up to date on a, on an annual basis but this is the number of runs based on what they've done offensively that they should have scored
0: okay so now I think
1: that's a beautiful thing and I think
0: today what what we ought to do is you know in a little bit what we're going to do is we're going to focus primarily on that factor, the base runs factor, the offensive metric that you use uh, within your formula to come up with your daily lines that you post on the forum boards. But let's backtrack one second first, because I just want to sort of crystallize those three major components. As you say, and forgive me for repeating anything you say, but I just want to get it not only, you know, straight in my brain, but also straight for everyone else, which is pitching, defense, offense, the three major components of baseball. And you use a metric for each one of those that goes into your formula that produces your uh true line for the game for pitching and we're talking starters and relievers now the metric you use is something called fielding independent pitching fip and even refined further something called xfip which actually factors in um a home run um issue because the theory here's the thing we grew up Let's put it in the context. I sort of touched on this on a show last week on the podcast. We grew up... And you can jump in here anytime, time, when I'm sorry if I'm... Sorry.
1: Well, you're doing so good. I mean, I'm captivated by, by your eloquence. So. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate
0: <laughs> it. I'm reciting this to poetry later today. No, the, the, we grew up thinking
1: that... Well, it is music to my ears. I love these numbers. I yeah, mean, I, 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 Maybe people think we're geeks, but I'm using these numbers to, to find value, to try to make money. I think it's, it's one of the, the, the best endeavors of mankind, personally. There, there
0: yeah. you go. I See, I like that. We should actually you know, submit this for some award of some sort. For goodness' sake! <laughs> no, the, but but you know that's the thing is as I don't know about you, we actually never talked about this, but I grew up collecting baseball cards, and it's, it's kind of the seed for me. I think now that I look back on it, for all this, you know, not only did I. You know, find out that you know Tito Fuentes, you know, liked to chew gum on his off day or something like that. The nice little blurs. I had, had one of the
1: one of the one of the best afros in the history of
0: mankind. That's right, but I would go Bake McBride. I would trump you with Bake McBride
1: or an Oscar. Absolutely, Gamble. Bake McBride is one of the best afros I think in the history of the world. Oscar.
0: So And Oscar Gamble, if he's listening right now, is going to have a bone to pick with both of us.
1: But wow, well, maybe 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 we can analyze the uh, the dimensions of the afros and the, then po- and post the uh, post the the. the and who had the biggest one in, in the history of MLB?
0: If it leads to a gambling victory somehow, then yes, we should do that. But, <laughs> but we grew up, you know, looking at the back of those baseball cards, you know, ERA, as I said on on the show last week, we grew up with, with basic stats. And on, in pitching, e, you know, again, don't get me started on wins and losses again, but ERA was sort of the one that really reflected in our childhood, this is a pitcher's true value. These are the amount of runs he has earned giving up over a nine you know every per nine innings
1: but what and that's what you looked at would you sorry to interject but no. I mean, that's when I was a kid that's what you looked at you looked at the ERA for the pitcher and you know if the guy had a 27 ERA you're like oh my god this guy's how young and, and if the guy had a you know a, a 6.1 you knew he was he was his days were numbered in in, in major leagues and, and uh, you know, when you looked at, it, like, a guy like Fred Lynn, I remember looking, I can visualize, like, flipping Fred Lynn's baseball card over, looking at his batting, and i was saying, this guy can hit. So, I mean, I mean, and I'm sorry to interject, but, no, I mean, no. it just br- brings back visions of me as a kid flipping these baseball cards over to try to figure out who the best players in the league are. Exactly right, and who can forget Freddie
0: Lynn's rookie season, by the way, a tremendous rookie season across the board stat-wise. But with pitching, you know, getting back to your pitching m- m- metric, you know, as 12- as and 13-year-olds, or however old we were collecting these cards, ERA was a spectacular thing. You're like, yeah, that makes total sense. I mean, what matters more? But as we sort of entered adulthood, there was this whole sabermetrics movement of, of folks, and, and I give Bill James uh, much of the credit for getting the ball rolling. There's a host of others now who have, who have run with it. But, um, you know, folks started saying to themselves, okay, wait a minute. There's so much else that goes into using the ERA stat now, that goes into how many runs actually cross the plate, not only just earn runs, but what can a pitcher is that a truly a measure of what a pitcher can control? And I think that's sort of the key way to say it. It's sort of like does a pitcher really is the pitcher really to blame for all these runs that we are considering Earned runs. And so what resulted from ERA, and this is the most broad of, of or I think the best perhaps of all pitcher stats, is something called fielding independent pitching, FIP, and then XFIP, which refines it even further because what XFIP does sort of you know, if, if FIP, here's here's how I would state with FIP, and there's and I even stated the formula for fielding independent pitching last week, which you don't need to know, but the goal of fielding independent pitching is basically to eliminate everything a pitcher can't control. We're talking about his his team's defense, um, a ballpark effect, um, you know, a flare that goes over the second baseman's glove barely. And what XFIP fip does, though, is take it one step further and say, okay, you know, the thing is, Let's also add a home run element in there because can a pitcher really control if the ball dies right at the warning track, or goes right over the fence kind of thing? Correct? In, in absolutely, sort of a it
1: normalizes the fly ball component of a fielding independent ERA, and they're both really good numbers. I think xFIP for me it's more of a precise number, and I've been able to incorporate it into my model, you know, through a series of trial and error so that, that it's, it's really not that big of a deal for me to use F, FIP or XFIP. And I'm looking to get the most precise number. Now, some people, you know, throughout the years, that people have used before the Sabermetrics, people used ERA to, 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 to get a line. And it's not a bad number. People still use it to this day, and it, it is an indication a lot of the times of, of who the best pitchers are. But I think when you go to XFIP, you can actually see it a little bit more precisely. And that's what we're trying to do with gambling. That's what we're trying to do with these numbers, is we want to get the most precise line that we can get because we want to get the most value that we can get because we want to make the most money that we can. So we use, the, the more of a precise number you use, the, the better off you are and the, and the more chance you have to, to be victorious.
0: So this base winner line that you very quietly post on a daily basis, how many years in the making has this been, by the way?
1: It, it, it's been at least eight, and, and over the last three years, it's been, I mean, I've, I've pared it down and changed it and tweaked it, and uh, I, I would say over over 2,000 or 3,000 hours in the making. It, it is just something that's just been, been my, kind of my life, because I, I, this is just so, I'm so passionate about this, you know, because I, I just love it. I, I love using data, and I, I think that, you know, you look at the IBM commercials, and they say, well, you know, we're going to build a smarter planet by using this data, and, and, and they're, they're using examples of, of traffic patterns and to, to cure the, the, you know, the, the, the freeway problems, the freeway traffic. We can use data to, to, to figure this out. We can, we can use data to cure diseases. Well, I mean, I hate to sound like I'm not, a, not humanitarian because I think those are really good causes, but I want to use this data to build the best line so that I can go against Vegas and win money.
0: There you go. So so that line that you post very and this is you know again, I, I love this is one of the great values of a community like pregame. Here you are eight or nine years in the making this formula that you've come up with to produce this true line formula that you come that you have come up with and you very you know innocuously post it on the board every day and it's just a phenomenal tool that you've put in, as you say, thousands of hours of effort into. And that is just, I mean, everyday people ought to be looking at your line, in my opinion, again, as a tool in their own handicapping process for you. Again, getting back to the three components you use. The first one, then, is FIP and XFIP for the pitching component. The second one for the fielding component is something called ultimate zone rating, UZR, which essentially, again, is a huge formula that no one needs to really know because no one's going to actually sit there and plug numbers. But what ultimate zone rating attempts to, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to sort of articulate it in, in, in layman's language for folks, But much like the XFIP and FIP try to better calculate what a pitcher can and cannot control, what UZR does is it tries to calculate the batted balls in play that are cost or saved in each of, ready for this, 64 different zones... (laughs) <laughs> on the ball field. It's
1: amazing, it, and it's amazing. it goes back to the data analysis that, that we have. We have this available to us, and, and why not use it? I mean, if you're not using UZR, you know, maybe you should take a look at it. Maybe you should take a look at it as a tool. How do I incorporate this? And, or maybe you should just check out the base winner line because this has been incorporated on a daily basis. It's, you know, I've crunched this into this, this formula. So, I mean, it's, it's pretty, pretty amazing what, what they're coming up with as far as metrics to evaluate performance.
0: Yeah, and and you know with UZR, you try to determine the number of runs above or below average that a fielder uh, is in, you know, both range runs, um, outfield arm runs, double play runs. You try to determine, you know, if he's above or below average, if he costs the team runs or if he saves the team's runs. Basically that.
1: Absolutely and and then, you know, collectively if you put the you put the guys together, which I've done in this it, you put every guy on a team all nine positions and you figure out well based on the UZR rating is this team going to cost cost runs or is it going to give you runs and, and it's plugged into a formula and it's the the team the team that the, the good fielding team that line's going to get adjusted you know let's say that they, if if they were a bad fielding team or let's just say they're a league average fielding team they would be a minus 150 but you put their UZR number into the model, and now they're minus one sixty-five on the line. So it, it's a really great way to, to incorporate, you know, this UZR into into how it applies to the Vegas line. It's awesome.
0: It, it's I mean, it's again, it's tremendous. We don't we don't need to. Yeah, I mean, that's the one thing I, uh, we definitely want to get across is uh, these formulas go on for days, and the formulas are not anything that any normal person is going to plug in. But what you again, what you've done is now you've used these three. Stats plugged it into your own proprietary formula that you've come up with over time, and, you, and you're producing a, a true line in, in an effort to find again the betting edge, if you will. So, so it's FIP for pitching, or XFIP if we mm-hmm. refine it further.
1: XFIP, huh?
0: And by the way, I, I actually said this on the show last week. The nice thing about FIP stats is that they've developed them in a way where they actually follow the same scale of ERA. So we all know that if you're a 3.00 pitcher. You know, or lower with ERA, you're a pretty good pitcher. If you're a 4.00, you're pretty average. If you're 5.00 or higher, for instance, you're not very good. FIP more or less follows that scale, so it's a nice
1: tidy stat. So you can you can look at the difference, and, and for instance, let's look, at, let's look at a Gil Mesh, and the guy's been awful. His ERA is 11.37. A lot of people are going to look at that today and say, oh, I, I can't I can't back this guy. As you look at the XFIP, which still isn't very good, his XFIP is 6.43, but it's quite a difference. It's almost half of what his ERA is. So, you know, considering looking at all the other factors, you can say, well, okay, he's not as bad as his ERA shows.
0: Yeah, in fact, I faded the Rockies one time last week, basically talking about ERA and FIP difference. Basically... Putting forth the point that the Rockies bullpen is overvalued. Of course, I happened to do it in an Ubaldo Jimenez game right after his no-no, and he bucked history and stayed in the game for eight innings. So you know that went by the wayside. But yes, well, he, I hope I hope you
1: had the Rockies that day. Gil. I,
0: I didn't. I had LeVon, who gave up exactly two solo shots, and so we ended up on the show. well.
1: Short now that we're speaking about Levo, good job yesterday with the Nationals. What a what a great hit, plus one fifty-five on the line. Oh, that was that was that was good analysis yesterday on that game. Thank Congratulations,
0: you. I appreciate it. I'm I'm looking, however, for Jamie Moyer in the Phillies, so I could, you know, slap them upside the head as well. Although Todd Wellemeyer, I mean, sometimes you just have to tip your hat, and that in that San Francisco game, he was phenomenal. So, we we got a winning day, but couldn't not not quite as big as we would have liked it to be.
1: But well, but still, it was, a, it was a smart play. You had you had a good dog, and he ended up positive on the day, and that's what that's what we're trying to go for that that on a daily basis.
0: That's right. And If we could do that every day, that would be wonderful. I would take it every day. So, which all of that brings us to what we want to talk about here more in depth today, because pitching's FIP or X FIP, your pitch, your fielding is UZR. And your offensive component of your formula is something called, and this is, the, this is the Saber metric, correct me if I'm wrong here, base winner, this is the Saber metric that is the most difficult to find data on and in many ways is really the most simple thing there is, Saber metric-wise, and that's called BSR.
1: Uh, BSR, which is base runs, and the formula involved with it, I, I can't find it anywhere, I mean, you know, on, on a public commercial site. Um. So what I've done is I've developed my own my own formula, which is not it's not my formula. It's, it's it's a derivation of a it. David it's my formula. We won't go into the details of the formula, but I've been able to compute this this base runs, which is basically what the team should have scored, and then I can compare it to the actual runs. And I think that it's pretty amazing because what you look at, you know, and we're going to go over this, you know, where these American League teams are. Um, you, you look at some, some spots where you're like, wow, you know, hey, this, this is, this team's, you know, scoring or not scoring a run more than what they should do. And, and that, you know, in itself would give you value. But plugged into the, the formula, then you can balance it with the x fif and the fielding and all that, and all the other components. But it, it's pretty amazing, it, especially early on in the year, and, and I think as we go over these numbers, you know, there's, there's quite a disparity in between the, at some of the team's actual numbers and what they really should be at from a run-producing standpoint.
0: So let's talk about that. Let's talk about your American League base runs, or BSR, numbers versus what they have actually scored per game this year. And uh, Absolutely.
1: And the, and the one team that jumps out the most at me is, is first of all, the Tampa Bay Rays. If their actual runs, they actually are averaging over six runs a game and their BSR is good, but, it's, but it's, a, it's a full run less than what they've scored uh, up to date. So, so well, teams, the people will look, you know, the public will look when they're looking at a game and go, oh, Tampa Bay, man, their offense is great. And by the BSR numbers, their the offense is great, but it's not as great as, the, as what they've done on a run producing standpoint that the public's going to look at. So, so I, I took a look at this game and, and, and I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, here we got some value, uh, you know, with Tampa Bay. And, and took a little bit, you know, put it into the into the model, and and sure enough, you know, Oakland's a value play, and, and and which is which is pretty good because you like Oakland today as well. So
0: yeah, I like Oakland. I like Dallas Braden because I think he's getting you know plus one fifty five to me is a is a lot of uh, a lot of value there. But that's interesting what you say. I mean, you see now that is, and this is you and I talked about this uh, yesterday. Which is, by the way, you should you should only be so. <laughs> we we must be the the geekiest people ever to watch to actually uh, witness watching a game because as a shortstop is making a good play, I'm like, oh, what a great UZR play that was! That was phenomenal. That's
1: going to affect the UZR rating <laughs> that's by right.
0: point two three or whatever we're saying. It was funny. <laughs> I'm like, oh, FIP is going to jack up with that one. You know that's. <laughs> um, but it, but that's interesting because with this stat, with base runs, it can't get. Simpler than this because ultimately, what causes a win or loss in any baseball game, and for that matter, in any of our betting, is runs scored. How many runs actually cross home plate? And any uh, metric that can give us a fairer view, a more accurate view of what a team is more likely to do on a game per game basis in terms of actually crossing players across the plate, I mean, it does not get more simple and more to the heart of the matter than this one right here. So for you to sort of do your own, and and I would even say that this is sort of proprietary on your part, for you to even get your own base run metric and to reveal to us that the Tampa Bay Rays, and we all can see with our eyes, that the Rays are an extremely patient offensive lineup. They are just murder on pitchers, because they are so selective, and they have been so good here in the month of April, but at some point, they're human beings, is what you're saying, and at some point, they're going to regress to a mean.
1: Absolutely, and I, I think that, that sometimes the actual run to the team score is more of a function of time, you know, what, how, how do they get this hit, what time in the game do they get this hit, but but that really, you really can't predict that, because I think you've got to go down. Back down to what actually have they done? How many singles have they had? How many doubles have they had? How many triples? Home runs? Walks? And that's what that's what BSR really does. Is it? It doesn't take a look at the timing or the luck factor of of runs getting scored. It looks it looks at the components and it breaks the components down and says, well, maybe they scored seven runs, but they should have scored four. And then if you look at it from you know, like an annual process, or, or in our case, we're looking at about twenty games. You know what they've scored is about six runs a game, but really, what they should have scored is five runs a game. And and in neither case, it's really good. I mean, a five run you know BSR is pretty solid BSR. But if you look at the other teams' BSRs, we, we look at Detroit. Detroit's uh, you know base runs the the runs that they should have scored is actually higher than Tampa Bay. Well, I don't think a lot of people would have would know that because you know Detroit. They're in actuality, they only average four and a half runs a game, and Tampa Bay. They average their the run scored to date. They're, they're running a half more than, than Detroit. So looking at, if you just look at the runs, you say, oh, Tampa Bay's got a much better offense. But if you go back and go down within the numbers and really break it down to what, they, what the run should be, then Detroit's actually just a slight bit better than Tampa Bay.
0: So, uh, and I'm looking, I have uh, your uh, Excel spreadsheet, yes. We have gotten to Excel spreadsheets, everyone. Your your Excel spreadsheet with uh, the American League here. So you have Tampa Bay's. They, they've scored basically six runs a game, but I see you have five point nine five runs a game. That's a, that's you're, you're
1: looking at yesterday. I updated it for today, but that's okay. We'll go. We'll okay. look at yesterday's and, and and they're they're close enough. So, so. roughly so roughly
0: we, we, roughly six runs a game they score in actuality, but your base run number is just sub five. It's like four point nine something, correct?
1: Uh-huh. Exactly.
0: Okay, so here's so what that tells us then, and this it, what I like about this is that this makes sense because let's for a moment, if you let's take sabermetrics aside, if you listen to Joe Madden, the uh, Rays skipper, and what he will very much admit to you is that you know, and, and the Rays have the best record in all of baseball, and I think they are fifteen and five now. They've won three out of every four ball games, and what Joe Madden will simply admit to you is he'll be like, look, we have hit well in key situations. And if you translate in that, that into sabermetric speak, what your numbers reveal confirms exactly what Madden means, which is your numbers are basically saying, yeah, they have done extremely well in key situations, runners in scoring position, if you will, and what's going to happen over the course of time is that there's no way they're going to be able to sustain that and at some point that's gonna drop off. And that's essentially what your number is revealing here, if I'm not mistaken. Like
1: See, that, that was so well put, Gil, because I mean here's a skipper saying the same thing that we are and we're looking at the numbers and, and man's confirming this and and basically it says that. It says, Hey, we we are not gonna be able to sustain this, you know, and and the number says well, instead of a six they should be a five. So I think that's a really good
0: example. Now we don't. I don't have your your NL numbers in front of me, but what I'm guessing is, and now we know this as betters, because how many times now? Here's I, the rough patch that I that I had last week uh, in betting is you know how many of those games that we were on the wrong side of came down to ridiculously horrible runners in scoring position stats. You know, and it all, the, the biggest example of that being the 20-inning game where the Cardinals, who I backed that day, were like 1-for-19, you know, with runners in scoring position. Just the other day, um, I had, you know, who was it? Not yesterday, but the day before yesterday, I had two losses, one of which the team that I was backing, the, the uh, Mariners, were 1-for-9 with runners in scoring position, Ooh, and the Phillies ouch. were 0-for-11 with runners in scoring position, so... You know, so uh, that's, uh, that's
1: stinging me. It's, it's uh, I can feel the pain resonating oh. over the phone, and and, uh, and and I guess they're not going to do that all the time. I mean, they're not going to be over eleven every game,
0: right? So I guess what what I'm saying is, what is nice then to look at is your numbers and saying, all right, well, sure, those are aberrational games. Here are the teams that we can expect to, by and large, do better than they've been doing. Or do worse than they've been doing, or pretty much do exactly what they've been doing. And the American League, the team that your numbers reveal will be will do, shall we say, worse, even only a run worse, but that's significant, the Rays will regress backwards. They're the they're the ones with the biggest discrepancy between actual and base runs. After them, I see that your numbers reveal it's the Oakland Athletics, who are about three quarters of a run.
1: Absolutely, and I'm going to put out another nugget out there for everybody listening, this under in the Oakland-Tampa Bay game. Good idea for everybody.
0: And what's that line today?
1: It's at 8.5, and, and, and it's still a low line, but the numbers that I have, it should be around 7.6.
0: Okay, so that's your so that makes sense then. That's your totals play of the day then would be Oakland and Tampa under 8.5. Absolutely. See, now we like that because that is a direct direct play off of your base run numbers. That's fabulous. It's based on science. Based on science. I like it.
1: (laughs) it, I mean, there's no other way to put it. Yeah, I love that. that. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get as precise as possible because, hey, it's a hard game. You know, I think RJ on the show the other day said, you know, nobody would take the action if it was easy. Right. So we need to get as scientific as possible, and and and, uh, and this is this is what I'm attempting to do here.
0: Okay, and then and I'm not trying to steal your thunder here, but I'm just gonna I'm gonna uh, go through your numbers that you came up with. So in the American League, uh, Tampa Bay uh, and Oakland, in that order, are the biggest difference in terms of their actual run totals or run averages per game thus far, exceeding what their base run number ought to be. Uh, after Tampa Bay and Oakland, the Texas Rangers are the only one that's over half a run, uh, you know, difference in terms of what their base runs are and what they've actually been producing. So those three teams in the American League are the ones that sort of stand out the most as having overachieved thus far offensively.
1: Absolutely, and... and. Uh, uh... This is where you can you can kind of get an idea if you keep it even if you just keep it in the back of your mind. Okay, well let's let's look let's look at Tampa Bay and let's look at how how much they're favored. But you, those are the three teams. You got your Rangers, you got your A's, and you got and you got your Rays.
0: Now let me play devil's advocate for you here. So the the average person who is not a sabermetrician will listen to that and they'll be like, okay, base winner. Tampa Bay. Yeah, I I can get with that because they've been just I'm not not that they're not good. They're they're so good, but they've been just phenomenal early on that I can see that regressing. Oakland, yeah, they've got nothing in their lineup. I can see that even they've probably overachieved a little. But you mean to tell me that the Texas Rangers are over a half run better than they're going to be? Wow. Well, I mean, what would you say to people like that who would doubt that statistic?
1: Well, and, and again, it's, it, it's statistics is based on what they've done today, and you can you can say, well, it's a smaller sample size, but you know this is based on the facts of what this Texas offense has produced, and so far today they've they've really done nothing, and they're actually worse. Their actual runs that they produce is four point four seven, and then they're actually you know almost uh, three quarters between three quarters and a half run run worse. They should they should be scoring three point nine runs a game. So, based on what they've shown so far, they're not a very good offense to date.
0: Okay. I, no, I like it. I just wanted to, uh, you know, because I think that gets into an interesting conversation between the 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 stat-driven guy and then the guy who's been watching, you know, with his eyes, been watching the Texas franchise for years now, let's say, who's like, wait a minute, I know them to be a great offense, what are you talking about, kind of thing. And again... Oh, you know,
1: well, well, I mean, this is a, these are numbers that are, that I mean, like I said, are based on science. So, I mean... And sometimes, if you shake your head, you go, "Well, gosh, you know this team should be so much better." But but then you go, you delve into it more, and they're not. Yeah, no. and, that, and that's that's where we can we can get an advantage because that's what the public's doing. They're looking at Texas and they're going, "Oh, the Texas Rams, they they can bash." But when you look, you know, when you delve into the to the components of what what how you evaluate this, you know, with sabermetrics. Uh, so so far, they've, they've they've not been very good.
0: I love it. I, hey, I'm on your side. I just you know, I I think we want to cover all
1: angles, and and I think no, that's no, a, no, that's and then it's great, it's great discussion, and it's great. It, I, God, I love, I love this. I mean, this is this is my favorite part of of, of the week so far. But just you talking favorite metrics <laughs> and gambling with you, it's, it's, it's incredible.
0: Well, you make a great point, though. That is a very that would be a very public. Uh, sort of attitude to have about a Rangers team that, quite frankly, doesn't even have quite the same roster that they've had in previous years. So that's a, that's a great point. The, the, let's talk about the, uh, the converse of that, the, the teams that have underachieved, according to your base runs number, thus far uh, in the season. By the way, can I get you to post uh, the, the um, base run numbers as they are up to today as well?
1: Absolutely. I'll, I, I, I will go ahead and post that after the show. Uh, as they the updated numbers as of today.
0: Cool. Okay, so that'd be great, because everyone would like to take a look at them. It's one thing for you and I to look at a spreadsheet and talk about them, but if they have them right in front of them, that'd be great. The uh, the three teams in the American League that have underachieved thus far, uh, you got two teams here who are about a half-run underachieving thus far, with Baltimore being number one and Detroit being number two. I, I actually agree with both of those.
1: Yeah, and, and, and Baltimore, by either number... Has been awful, but if you look at their their expected r- runs, the BSR, they're much better than what they've actually been doing, and that'll give you value when you're looking at a game. You know, knowing that well, this this offense isn't the greatest, but they're they're much better than what they've been doing. We were able to incorporate that because I think that they, you know maybe it was a Sunday lot, not this Sunday, but the previous Sunday. You know, I posted the numbers, and, and uh, you know, Baltimore was, was right about where they are right now. And and they had a breakout day on Sunday. We ended up cashing a big underdog play. It was nice.
0: Yeah, um, we did with uh, back in Brian Mattis. You know, I um, actually yesterday on the show was talking about uh, over-under pitchers and how Kevin Millwood, and Kevin Millwood finally got a win yesterday, but how Kevin Millwood and Jeremy Guthrie, who pitches today, um, both of those guys were among the handful of pitchers, literally the five pitchers, who have been involved in the most under games all year. And it's not just because, I mean, for those two guys, it's been completely hard luck because they've just been throwing out quality starts. Guthrie's had a quality start every time out. Kevin Millwood has, I think, if not the best, one of the handful of best strikeout-to-walk ratios thus far this season. And both of them have gotten, you know, as a reflection of, of your numbers right here, they've gotten no run support. And as a result, they have, through their pitching and their team's lack of sport, have been involved in the most under games and so again our job within all these numbers is to pull out you know something that we think is a predictor as something moving forward and so these are again just these are fascinating numbers and the and the uh, i almost said the lions the tigers absolutely yeah underachieving by a half run i can so i can oh, see and that and as and well this is-
1: this is some. This is a game that if if you're looking to play this game, I I, I think that this Detroit team's a really good value today. I they they're they're really underachieving. They're about are are based on the actual runs they should be scoring about a half run more based on their numbers, and and like I said before, they they're actually better than Tampa Bay's uh, on on the on the estimated runs, so the numbers that the, the BSR, the numbers that they should be scoring. They're actually a better team than Tampa Bay offensively. So. I think Detroit's a pretty good side today.
0: So, okay, so let me clarify. So you like, because of the numbers we talked about uh, before, you really like the under in the Oakland-Tampa Bay game because both of those teams are the two uh, most overachieving base run teams thus far in baseball. And so they actually play each other, and you really like the under in that ball game today. You've got it pegged at at least a run less than than the line indicates. And then you like Detroit as a side play today.
1: Absolutely, those are two two picks that, uh, and the numbers back it up that I that I really like today.
0: Okay, um, and forgive me because I'm blanking. Detroit is facing it's it's Scherzer on the mound today for Detroit. They've
1: they've, they've got Scherzer on the hill, and they they go up against Baker. And that's right. You know, Max is good, pretty good pitcher uh, to begin with, and and I have a line. I I think Detroit should be. About 123 and they, the last time I checked they were, they're right about minus 107. So we got 16 points in value and I think it's a, I think it's a good situation to back the home. They're almost close to a dog. They're, they're right, you know, they're seven cents higher than a pick and I think that's a really good price for this
0: Detroit team today. Cool. All right, so we got two picks out of you then, the under in the Oakland-Tampa game, and then Detroit I is your pick. I figured i
1: give you some nuggets.
0: Oh, no, dude, that's fabulous. Believe me, because within within all our dorkiness and all our geekiness, those are two nuggets that folks want to hear. So those are your two plays for the day. By the way, I should say that uh, the other team in your base run number for the American League, Baltimore, uh, the over a half-run difference, Actually, .61 thereabouts difference. I know that's up to yesterday in terms of uh, scoring less runs than they should be, or that they will be, according to your numbers. Detroit is about a half run difference uh, in terms of underachieving thus far, and the only other team that's around a half run underachieving are the Kansas City Royals, which is interesting. Yeah, as the well. Kansas
1: City Royals are amazing. They're right about five runs is what they should be scoring, which is a right puts them on par with the Rays. So I mean, it's fascinating to me to look at these numbers and and to say, well, you know, gosh, this team team's offensively, you know, based on the scientific number that's been developed by these sabermetricians, you know, they're as good as Tampa Bay's, and and I think that really puts us in a pretty good position as far as you know being educated and, and making an educated bet, and and that's, that's the one that that's another team that I that I like is is is, is the Royals today.
0: Well, and what I love about the uh, Tampa-Oakland stuff that we're talking about is, you know, in the case of Baltimore, Detroit, and Kansas City underachieving, we're talking more or less in the half-run range. But with Oakland and Tampa Bay, in terms of their overachieving, Oakland is about three-quarters of a run overachieving thus far. Tampa Bay over a run, right around a run. And uh, again, when it's confirmed by actual human beings saying actual baseball things, like Joe Madden talking about how fortunate his team has really been... um, then, you know, there's some, there's a whole lot of saliency to those numbers. It's really interesting.
1: Absolutely. absolutely, And, and uh, you know, we can use this as an, as an incredible tool to use. to, to whether, whether or not you're, you're a big, huge fan and you're totally, completely sold on Sabermetrics, just knowing these numbers, I, I think it, it gives you an, an education, and it really makes you an educated better. And I think that that's what the whole goal of the pregame community is, is to educate yourself. You know, are we smarter than the than the lines makers? And and this is this is an attempt to be, to become smarter than the lines makers.
0: Beautifully put, beautifully put, base winner, I really appreciate. It. And you will come back every Wednesday, correct?
1: You know, I'm looking forward to it, and, and we can and you would touched on the UZRs, and we can touch that on another show, and the X-Fix, and we can, just, we can get into it and just have a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, I think what we'll do, and I think that's a good thing, we'll basically, and just to put this sort of umbrella over it, again, your, your two picks are the Oakland-Tampa under today, and you like Detroit on the side. Um, I think you also mentioned you kind of like Kansas City. Did you say that as well?
1: I'm going to throw out Kansas City. It's a day game, and, and, uh, and the value's there. In fact, it's the most valuable play on the line. I, I think I've got it at at, at twenty three points. I'm speaking off of memory here, but, but it was posted today, and I think it's twenty. We have twenty three points of value on that line, okay. so it's you know it's the the most valuable play on the board for me.
0: But but, but to your point, I want to. So those are your plays I, for the day. I I think that's what we're going to do. Your so every day you post your base winner line. Juxtaposed against the actual line, so people can use that as a tool, and they should just know that the formula that you've worked on to come up with your base winner line is eight nine years in the making, and it involves three major sabermetric stats. They don't need to, you know, you don't need to know what's uh, making the cookie, so to speak, but but the fact is that it's FIP or xFIP for pitching, it's UZR for fielding, and it's the base runs that we just talked about for offense. And today we talked about base runs. You'll post. The American League base runs numbers that you have thus far on the forum thread as well for people to look at, and then as you say next week, what we'll do is let's get into FIP next week, and then maybe the following we will get into UZR.
1: That sounds good. I'm already excited about it, Gil.
0: Cool. All right. Base winner.
1: I appreciate
0: it. Sabermetrics Wednesday. I love it. And you got your plays today. Also check out my thread. Of course, I got my uh, few plays today as well. Three dogs. Base winner. is what I got today. Three dog. I nine. love it, and I, I like
1: the, I like the Oakland. I like the Oakland play. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, and that that gives value to the dogs
0: So absolutely right. That precisely my thinking. Sabermetrics driving us. I like it. For base winner, Gil Alexander, betting dork. Appreciate you listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow.